Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Web Chatham Report, episode 67. How you doing? What's going on in your life? Are you having a good day? It's a beautiful weekend here. Sunny Saturday, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I think it's Memorial Day. I get all these holidays mixed up. I'm not going to lie. Memorial Day is spring. That's for the soldiers. Labor Day is in the fall. That's for the workers. I I feel a lot of sympathy to the workers. So, you know, Labor Day is maybe more my thing. But, uh, you know, I, uh, yeah, I mean... I don't know where I'm going with that. We'll just drop that. Anyway, it's day 76 here in my my quarantine life. We are uh, two and a half months in. It's uh, still, you know, it's still doable. I've definitely had days where I thought I could do this indefinitely. Uh, I'm not really missing the world yet, but I think that's going to change soon because I don't miss the world because the world's not doing anything, right? So it's going to get harder and harder as the world opens up. And I don't really want to open up because I don't think it's a good idea. And I want to stay safe and keep my my mother-in-law who lives with us safe. So... You know, I'll probably stay here and lay low for a while longer. No biggie. But the, the minute that, like, some awesome band I like plays or something, it's going to be really sad. Less, luckily, all those shows that I was really excited about in March, they've all been pushed back a year. Bauhaus, Dead Can Dance, Tinder Sticks, uh, Sinead O'Connor, The Magnetic Fields. There was a lot. The Residents, Greg Dooley. <laughs> so, you know, it'll be a while before I have to face with a real Faustian bargain of uh, Sophie's choice. Uh, (laughs) These these literary metaphors are not working. They're not quite applicable. But anyway, a tough choice of going out or staying home. So, but in there right now, yeah, I mean, I'm generally holding up okay. Uh, I don't like going out because I think people are stupid and they are terrible uh, at social distancing. And it's interesting, you know, what you read in the news about the people with the masks and the people that don't want to wear masks, that that happens in like, like our local Chatham County chat list. There's this like... There's only one real arch-typical Trump idiot on there, but, uh, you know, when you're out about, most people are wearing masks. Like, they clearly believe in masks in one way or the other, whether it's just for politeness or they believe the science or whatever, but they're still terrible in the way they act, and it's really it's really trying. Like, people just have no sense of personal space. It really, it really drives me crazy. So I just assume I'll stay home forever, basically. <laughs> Restaurants have opened up here this week. Uh, go ahead and figure on that one. They closed everything down when we had two cases in the county, and now we have 516, and we are adding 11 a day as opposed to one or two a week that we were adding back then. It has not slowed down in any way, shape, or form. They've opened up. Uh, you know, 25%, 50%, just restaurants, not bars, but it's, I still think it's kind of a terrible idea. Although I don't know, it's really frustrating because I don't know exactly what our benevolent governor who's is doing with, uh, unemployment benefits for people that maybe like are at risk and don't want to go back to work or they are caretaking for someone that's at risk. I don't know what's up with the unemployment benefits here. He did not bother to mention it in his press conference. So, you know, that's very frustrating. And yeah, uh, so I just don't really see myself going out to a restaurant anytime soon. <laughs> that seems kind of absurd, but I, I understand the economic toll it takes on certain people that they want to get back to work. And I guess I'd have no problem with it if like the people that didn't feel safe and wanted to stay home because they were at risk or caring for someone at risk, it could stay on unemployment. That to me seems to be a huge part of this whole thing. And I I will have to go look because it was not part of the conversation when he opened here. So that's a bummer. Anyway, yeah, doing all right. Uh, I got a good routine going. You know, I get up, I go get Jane, I change her diaper. We sit down, we watch an hour or so of Civilization Six videos by the game mechanic on YouTube. She might poop during that time and I'll change her diaper. Then, you know, breakfast time rolls around, we go upstairs, and I feed her breakfast, and I've got a little routine through that, although Emma doesn't really do the routine on Thursdays when she does breakfast, uh, but if I deviate from the routine, Jane gets very, very upset, so, you know, we have waffles and veggie sausage and eggs and some grapes and some bananas. It's a pretty comprehensive breakfast. Uh, then we come back downstairs and it's usually uh, a little before 10 and I write my Facebook update to all my friends. Some of you guys have been reading those. That's been fun. And I post some music with the mixtapes. I was doing the mixtapes. Now I'm doing that 10 albums that influence your life thing. Um, 
And so I post that and then I start my 750 words for the day. But at the beginning of my 750 words every day, I check a bunch of stats. So I check like the bank balance for time hop, see how they, if any checks came in, what payments went out. Then I check the revenue for time hop, how much money we made that day off of time hop, how much money we made off of Nimbus. I wrote those down. I was used to do that with the revenue um, when we were really tight on money. And now that, you know, I let it go for a while when things are going really well. But since the pandemic's come back, I, I write a lot again on. And revenue and time, money, just keep an eye on it, you know, got to keep an eye on the financial picture of the company you run, right? Uh, so then I do that. Then I do a bunch of coronavirus stats. I check U.S. and world cases, U.S. and world deaths, the number of new deaths in the U.S. today. I check Fairbanks, Alaska stats because uh, my mom's at home there. I check my county. I check the state. I sort of do a little analysis on that. Then I check the stock market because I'm very angry. It hasn't fallen more, even though I guess I'm relieved it hasn't fallen more. And I recognize the Fed did a good job, but it's just made the stock market more detached from the fundamental reality economic reality of America and it kind of angers me. Uh, but I think that's going to go down soon because Mitch McConnell is an idiot and he's not going to pass another stimulus bill because he's, you know, he doesn't care and his rich friends don't want him to. So that'll be a mess. And uh, the Fed has said that, you know, they can only do so much and they are doing as much as they can do. So that'll be interesting. Uh, I check refinance rates because I'm trying to refinance my house uh, and then I get really angry about it because they're not falling enough because there's a bunch of rich, greedy assholes and oligopolistic finance that aren't lowering the rates, even though they have cheaper borrowing now from the Fed and it's total bullshit. So that makes me mad. And then <laughs> I check the status on my server, make sure everything's up and running. Uh, I check my Netflix queue, see what the next Blu-ray coming is. Uh, and then I do any work product I need to do. So from, oh, well, Actually, so we're usually by then it's like 1030-ish and then uh, Janet comes down and takes Jane away from me. And then I do any work product stuff I need to do, like written documents for the day, right? I get, I'll try to get all that done in the morning, um, usually by noon, I, between 1030 and noon. That's my hardcore uninterrupted working time. So if I have to write a, you know, a blog post or whatever, I do all that in that time, edit stuff from other people, uh, you know. Uh, catch up with Kristen on some product stuff, check up with David on some sales stuff. Then noon rolls around and I go upstairs and I have my stir fry and I have lunch with the family and I teach Jane. Well, I've taught her. She knows everything, every like ingredient name in my Asian stir fry. It's really awesome. She like sits in, I hold her first week. She sits on the counter next to me and I cut the broccoli and carrots and snow peas. And she's like, broccoli, carrots, snow peas. And I hold out the bags and she takes one out of each one of them and she munches on them. And then I cut the chicken and I cut the chili peppers, which is a whole thing because they're incredibly hot and she always wants to touch them. And she's like trying to help me because you put the stems all facing one way and then I cut off the stems and then I'm like, oh, you're going to get this chili oil on your hands, Capsaicin, and it's going to burn you. And I'm like stressed, but so far so good. And then I throw the chili peppers and the chicken in the wok and we go over to the stove side and then she goes, ginger, shallots, garlic olive oil, sesame oil. And then I saute that for a while. And then I put in the fresh vegetables and then we do the canned stuff. And she's like baby corn. And then she was Jane's baby corn. Cause she loves baby corn and she has to have a piece of baby corn every morning. And then she munches on the baby corn. And then I do, and then she goes like bean sprouts, bamboo, water chestnuts. <laughs> and she's like soy sauce, fish sauce, Zhao Jing wine. She gets very excited about Zhao Jing wine every day. It's pretty exciting. Uh, and then, you know, I saute and then I let her put her down she goes over and Emma makes her lunch. And then we all sit down and we have lunch together, which is lovely. And then I go back downstairs to work and then from 1230 to five is like work time that, uh, it could vary each day. Like people might have some stuff they need me, especially sales. Like we got a lot of stuff in the pipeline and we're all, you know, negotiating pricing and contract terms. I do all that stuff with the sales team, especially the contract stuff. That's all me. So I might have a contract red line or they need a new addendum to a contract written, or they need like, you know, we have got a new product like thing that we're offering and we need new terms of service for that or this or that. So deal with the lawyers, deal with the sales team, you know, do some work like that. But sometimes nobody bothers me about anything and I've sort of already finished my work product for the day. So I'm kind of like, uh, you know, I have to be in front of my computer because I definitely don't want to leave the sales team hanging, but I like don't have much to do. Sometimes I play my game, but it's been crashing a lot. So I've been really angry about that. Um, I've been, I was ripping the cassettes for a long time, but you know, that stopped. Now I've been, you know, and lately been doing the CDs, but that's like sort of like uh, new and recent. We'll talk about that in the archiving section, but you know, really that's the dark time in the day. 
1245 to 5, where I don't really have a lot of structure and it kind of stresses me out and I don't find it very pleasant. Then I go upstairs and we make dinner and then we go on our walk if it's sunny out. Then we come home and we sit in the backyard and Jane runs around in the backyard and I look at social media, which I don't really do a lot of during the day. And then we go upstairs and we put Jane to bed and that's got a whole routine and I got to read her her books and I help with the teeth and I always put her shirt on for pajamas, but Emma does most of it. And we are one of those families where, you know, if a survey person called, I'd be like, yes, I do half the, the childcare and I don't do half the childcare. I do vastly more than other men that say they do half the childcare, but I probably do like 35, 40% of the childcare. <laughs> Who are we kidding, right? Uh, and then we put her to bed and we come downstairs and we might watch TV, but we haven't been doing a lot of that. Like mostly the last week, uh, I would watch my Civ games while Emma played Animal Crossing. And then every week or a few days or five days or so, she would come downstairs and put the uh, Nintendo Switch in its dock and look at her Animal Crossing Island on the big screen and she'd give me a tour of it. <laughs> We have been watching some TV. We found one good show this week. But, uh, you know, the different stuff like that. Sometimes a movie, not very often. When I go to bed and read for about 45 minutes and I get up and I start the whole thing all over again. There's variations, of course. Thursday morning, uh, Emma watches Jane and I go do the grocery shopping. I've settled on Thursday at around 8.30 because it's the least crowded time and it's right after they do a stock refill. So, that's you know, I think it's about the best time to do it. Um, and then Saturday today we do quarantine Christmas, which is amazing. All the packages that have come for the week, including all the non-perishables that I left in the car from the grocery trip. I unpack them all. It's really great. I love it all. I try and do all my gardening on Saturday and I do this podcast every other Saturday, I, whatever tasks I have to do for the weekend, I try and get done on Saturday. So I, uh, you know, I just help move, uh, a dehumidifier for Janet. Whoops. We'll turn that off. The there we go. You know, whatever chores. The goal is so that Sunday I have nothing to do. And if I can pull that off, it's awesome. And then Sunday I barely do anything. And I love it. I have one day. just I still watch Jane. That whole routine's still there. And it's longer because Janet doesn't come on the weekend. So I have Jane from like 7.30 to 11.30 in the morning. But, you know, I just like watch maybe more Civ or I'll watch a movie or I'll do some cleaning in the office or I'll do some vinyl ripping. Uh, it's just like a freeform day and I intentionally don't plan it. And it makes me so, so happy. So today, you know, being Saturday, we did quarantine Christmas. That was lovely. Wasn't as good as last week. Last week's quarantine Christmas was amazing. Made me really, really happy. This week, guys, some good stuff, though. Uh, I got a new Titan security key from Google. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with hardware security keys, but I strongly recommend them to protect your email, especially use Google. Anything that'll use it, you should use it for. Facebook uses it. Google uses it. Uh, banks don't, which is kind of bullshit. But uh, I, I had, a, I have a Titan security key, but I lost the Bluetooth component of it, so I had to unregister that and I had to get a new one and blah blah blah. Plus, they make a USB C one now, so now I have you know three. I got to do all the re-registering. That'll be to tomorrow probably. Uh, I got a new T-shirt from Supreme two weeks in a row. Supreme did a drop that I cared about two three weeks ago. It was a. Um, Oh my God. What was it? Joy division. I can't even remember. <laughs> no, it wasn't joy division. Uh, Oh my God. I got to look. I can't believe this. Oh, my bloody Valentine. Right. So they did a, my bloody Valentine drop Supreme. My bloody Valentine. It was awesome. I got that. And this last week it was Daniel Johnston and it went to his charity. So, you know, he's dead. He's passed away. He has a foundation. So money went to that. So I did that one. Uh, I got some new hard drives cause we're going to be redoing the server. Um, I have a QNAP server that runs the Plex and it's awesome and you can, it's four drive bays and each one of them has a 10 terabyte drive in it. So I have a striped, it's like 35 terabytes, RAID 5 uh, volume for Plex and it's less than half full, which is awesome. Uh, and then I added a four bay expansion chassis to that that has a bunch of cheap drives. I think they're like three terabytes, so they're not that big. Um, and those are in a RAID 2 striped configuration, so it's one big volume of 12 terabytes. That is our time machine server. But there's both of us now, Emma and I both sort of have these large sort of logical volume, static volumes that we just want to archive. And like mine is the Barbarian Archive. It's three terabytes. It's I have it backed up at the the storage space, but it's a three terabyte volume on a non-solid state USB hard drive attached to my computer. And it slows the whole computer down. Every time you do a search or something, the drive has to spin up. It's just super annoying. And I want to move to the server. And Emma's having the same problem with a lot of her old client files. She wants decent access to them. Doesn't need to be in a hard drive. The hard drive is slow. So I bought another one of these four, four bay expansion chassis. They're like 200 bucks. 
you plug them into the QNAP that you already have and it makes a new volume on it. So then I bought some, I think I went with four terabyte, but like, you know, there's a definitely a curve of price, to terabyte sweet spot with hard drives. These are just the big old SATA drives, right? Not expensive, not solid state. And uh, for around four terabytes is kind of the sweet spot. You can get them for about a hundred bucks or six terabytes are like $180, right? $200. So it's, uh, and we'll put those in there as a RAID 5, which means we'll get about 12 terabytes. We both have about three or four terabytes of static archiving stuff we need. We'll put it all in there. We'll take the hard drives that we have you're currently using. I'll put them in storage. So we got a backup. And we should be in pretty good shape there. And then it should really speed up my computer. And the whole thing was like $600. It was a lot, but like once Emma was having the problem too, and you know, I've been really cutting back spending on stuff so I could fit it into my reduced allocation bi-weekly paycheck allocation credit card budget. That was like basically all I bought in the last two weeks. So that didn't show up today though. So I guess that's going to be the drive showed up and not the expansion chassis. So that'll be next week's, next week's project. I've noticed on the internet right now, a lot of people are taking this time and they're sort of like, trying to figure out what to do about their photos. I got a friend, Scott used to work with old coworker. He's like texting me all the time. He's like, I have hundreds of thousands of photos. I don't know what to do with this. And uh, my friend Tom has started this like tech support group on Facebook. It's amazing. He just talks tech support to anybody who needs help. And I noticed a lot of the questions were around the same thing. And uh, my friend Annie, like she, she took the QNAP plunge just recently. So I've been helping her with her QNAP, but I really do think like a server in your house is the way to go. You know, uh, QNAPs range from like $300 to like five grand. I got one in like a thousand dollars range, but like $300 one you can get and it'll solve the average person's problems with their photos, you know? Uh, and the great thing about them is you can get these expansion chassis, you know? So like I now have a 12 drives in my home server, which is admittedly excessive, but you know, it's got a server for Plex with all the movies and all my music that isn't on Spotify. It's got the time machine backups and it's got like cold storage. So it'll be pretty exciting once that's all done. Uh, and then this book, how stuff works. Do you guys remember that book? Did you have that book when you were a kid? It's like illustrated things on how different stuff works. There's a new edition. Jane's too young for it. Yeah. But I really, I, I saw it. Somebody posted it in the Slack I'm in and I was like, Oh my God, I remember that book. And there's a new edition. So I was like, I have to have it. So I just threw that as an add on to the order from the drives. So that came today too. That was pretty exciting. Uh, yeah, you know, it's going well. The bunnies are back. We've uh, didn't I, all, all through our walks in March and April. I was like, where are the bunnies? And it was making me really sad, but Rain for six days this week, which sucked, but we finally got out and walked yesterday and there was like five bunnies and I was so happy the bunnies are back and it really cheers you up to see the bunnies, let me tell you. Uh, and then Zooms, you know, every Friday, that's another variation in the routine. We do Zoom with some friends on Fridays and I uh, did one last night. It was really nice. Got to see some old friends. That's kind of the night I let myself drink. Um... So that's, you know, that's another variation. So it's like a, it's a routine, but there's variations in the routine. And I think sort of like a lot about like spinning circles of different diameters that sort of occasionally they line up or maybe like your windshield wipers, you know, like they look like they're almost the same speed and every once in a while they hit the bottom at the same time. And then they like don't the next time and then they get farther apart and then they kind of get closer together and then they sync up again. Or like when you're listening to music in your car and the beats almost like the windshield wipers, it's like that, right? Like repetitive routines, but like interlocked. So like it makes it interesting even though there's no real variation that's kind of how my life is going Whew. yeah it's pretty you know there's good weeks where i think uh the world's gonna end and every, I, everything's terrible and there's weeks where i think uh, maybe we'll be all right Nah, those are pretty rare then there's weeks that i think that i could handle this for all the time but i feel bad for everyone else then there's weeks where i think no i'm not really into this anymore <laughs> there's weeks where i hate my job there's weeks where i love my job it's all over the place man it's all over the place Jane's doing well, though, mostly. I don't get mad at her or anything. She's still got some tantrums, but, you know, they're rarer and rarer. Every once in a while, kind of like the routine thing. Like, we got this whole great routine. We come downstairs. I change her diaper and I go sit down to watch my game. And I say, get daddy a can. And she goes over to the fridge and she gets me a, a soda water. But on Friday, she just wouldn't do it. She just was like, I'm not having it. I'm not getting you a can today. I was like, wow, I wasn't expecting this until you were like 12. <laughs> So then I was like, whatever, you know, I mean, you know, we never expect a favor. Right. So I was like, I'll go over and get my own can. And she was like, no, you know, daddy can. And she was like, I can't have a can either. Okay. And then I got my own can and then she got really mad and I had to put it back. And then finally she got it for me and she cried a big fit. And I was like, I'm not having this. And I put her in the other room and, uh, which is what we do when she's inconsolable in her fit. We just sort of let her cry it out. And she stopped in like 30 seconds, came back rather over. She was perfectly happy. She like sat in my lap and was like, blanket. 
<laughs> I was like, all right. And I put the blanket on us and he's like cozy. And I'm like, we'll just pretend that fit didn't happen. So that still happens, but it's not as much as it was. She's learning more and more words. It's really fun. She sings along to songs now. Like, uh, Oh yeah. By Stella came on and she did the bump bump before they did. She know like sings words to songs before the people in the, in the music sing it. Wild wildlife from my talking heads, uh, Ramones. She was a punk rocker. She had Sheila as, because Emma just listens to XM Radio's First Wave all the time, so she's learned probably the hundred songs that are in heavy rotation on First Wave. It's really cute. I was trying to teach her Touch by the Hand of God by New Order the other day, and then uh, that didn't really work. Uh, but then it came on today, and she was like, touched! And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Okay. It's kind of working. And then I was unpacking the para- the non-perishables today from the car, and I pulled out a box of uh, old El Paso taco shells because I have totally reverted to like childhood comfort food, and like I make my tacos like 70s style, like taco kit style and it's so great anyway she saw it she goes taco tuesday and it just made me laugh so much uh but she's not really you know she'll ask permission questions like up and water and stuff like that but she's not really asking any questions yet she's not inquisitive in that way but she is like learning to trace letters and numbers like I read her this book every night. It's called Alaska one, two, three, and it's a counting book. And she runs her finger over the ones and twos. And then Janet, her mother-in-law has been spending a lot of time teaching her to draw her letters. Like Janet will draw them and she'll trace them and stuff. And she's, you know, she's, her hand is very shaky. She doesn't have super good eye hand coordination with drawing yet, but she knows that she's supposed to draw letters and she draws smiley faces with chalk out on the lawn. And like, she draws a smiley face. It's like, looks like you know she's drunk or something but it's a smiley face and it's kind of impressive she's like knows hands are supposed to do things and she knows words are communication and she hasn't learned like grasp the concept of sounding out words yet but i mean she is two and a half so (laughs) i'm not rushing or anything i just think it's like kind of fascinating this stuff happens janet is definitely teaching her a lot i'm mainly teaching her music and, and now my new thing now is windows on the computer like she can tell the difference between evernote and GarageBand and plex the impressive thing is she can tell the difference between itunes and spotify (laughs) then she knows all the instruments she's like stylophone which is really cute that's a great thing about a kid right like the words they learn it doesn't matter if it's obscure or not it's just the word they learn so like she's learned like you know harmonium and midi controller where you could have just as easily been trumpet or drum right which she doesn't know like it's really cute magnus jewel it makes me happy Anyway, uh, media projects have been going great. Uh, I was kind of at like a little bit of a standstill. I think maybe last time I talked to you guys, but then my uh, my friend Emily Taylor was like, uh, sent me a. I don't think she sent me a photo of it, but she was like, you should do your old CD mixes because you know we used to date, and I gave her a bunch of like CD mixes back then. And I was like, oh yeah, I still have all of these, so I pulled them all out. And you know, as I've been telling you for like a month, I can't really get into the four track stuff. Uh, I just took right to this CD mixes. It's great. I've done like thirty of them, and uh, so you know. In my daily Facebook post, I was posting a cassette mix. I finished that. And that was like, since I last talked to you guys, I finished all the cassettes, like 70 cassettes. I did like 70 days of Facebook posts. And then now I'm doing the 10, you know, albums that influence you thing to buy myself a little time to build up a stock. And then I'm going to do the CD mixes. And I think I have about 50 of them. So that should get me most of the way through the summer. I don't know what I'll do after that in terms of like the media attached to my Facebook posts, but, uh, I've bought myself some time and it's been pretty satisfying. Like, so, you know, sometimes like early CD mixes, 99, 98, I would make a nice case and I kind of continued like I would do with the old cassette mixes, you know, I'd be like, this is a CD for Jane and it'd have artwork and everything. But by the end it was like rip mix burn, right? It was like, I was just pumping them out of playlists and iTunes and like, they're not even labeled. I had like a stack of 20 and like, I legit can't tell each one of them. It's a blank CDR or it's a CDR that has a, a mix on it. I mean, I can't actually tell, I can look at the bag, you can see the burning, but I haven't been bothering. So I've just been sticking each one of them in the drive and like half of them are just blank CDs. And so I threw those away. That's like, I figured it's 2020. It's time. I don't need to keep blank CDRs lying around anymore. Uh, and then, but half are just random mixes that are really good that I don't know. I think I made in like 2006 or seven and, uh, I don't know why, but like, I'm like, Oh, this is great. And the great thing about this whole project is like, it tends to be spanning like 2000 to 2007, whereas the mixed tapes were like 86 to 2000. Right. So like, it's a bunch of different bands. It's bands I forgot about. It's bands I don't listen to as much stuff, you know, 
totally different music than it was on the early mixtapes. And by the end of the early mixtape, the mixtape project, it was definitely getting really repetitive. It was like, here's another mixtape with Depeche Mode and New Order and the Smiths on it. And now it's like awesome. It's all these new different bands. And and uh, I think it'll be really satisfying once I start posting them. So I'm excited about that. Uh, yeah, then the Blu-ray ripping. I didn't I haven't bought anything at Walmart lately. It's Drags are getting pretty thin there. Uh but I still got my Blu-ray Netflix subscription, so Gandhi just came in, <laughs> the Ben Kingsley movie. <laughs> I really want to rewatch Gandhi. Has anybody rewatched Gandhi lately? So I ripped that in HV, and then I, uh, I, you know, I also downloaded a bunch of stuff that I, I've been thinking about through the months, and I've added this stuff to Plex. Uh, this movie called Defending Your Life that my friend Kristen mentioned to me. Uh, this movie Zathura, a space adventure I knew nothing about that like a coworker Ali mentioned in a Zoom chat, and it looked amazing, and then. Uh, um, the astronaut's wife and 13th floor, two other sci-fi movies from the nineties. I didn't ever, I didn't know anything about, and I still haven't watched them. Uh, and then on a zoom call with my friends, we were talking about the craze cause we were talking about stand Spandau ballet and the Cray twins. And there was a movie about the Cray twins starring people from Spandau ballet. So I wanted to rewatch that. So I downloaded that Stargate. I, uh, <laughs> I've been kind of into like the, 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 the Kurt Russell sci-fi movies. So I downloaded Stargate and then, uh, two movies that I don't know anything about, but David Mamet said were like arch typically perfect Hollywood films, Dodsworth and a place in the sun. So I grabbed those. So if you're on my plaques, there's been a bunch of interesting new stuff on there like that. Uh, the, you know, the cassette project is done. That's very exciting. Uh, they're all posted. All my cassettes are ripped. They're in Plex. They're they're shared with my friends. They're all in Dropbox. So that you know, I feel good. That project finished. Vinyl ripping. Uh, you know, I I'm still doing that. I just ripped today. I ripped the Mary Margaret O'Hara Christmas EP, Silent Light and Blue Christmas. It was beautiful. I got a bunch more to rip today after this. Uh, we'll talk about that in the vinyl and, uh, that's it. I haven't done the photo albums. That's going to come later. They're on pause. Uh, the Kodak thing is shipped off to my mom. She shipped, she, her and her sister, I think I told you this annotated it. They sent it to their brother. I'm waiting on him. My uncle Jack annotated it. I'm hoping to get this thing back soon with all the names on it. So I can title all the photos and then send them out to everyone. So that project will be done and four track. I'm just not doing right now. Maybe this weekend since it's a long weekend. I might do the next one. We'll see. We'll see. Moving on to music, uh, I sold three things on Discogs this week. I sold the Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. She's the one soundtrack CD. That was Emma's uh, mint condition. Emma really kept that CD in good shape. Might have been her mom's, actually. But uh, that sold today for 4 bucks. I sold the Love Spirals Downward CD, Idols. I really love them. They're on Project Records. Great ethereal goth band in the sort of Cocteau Twins, Moon Seven Times kind of vein. Uh, we actually visited them when we were, went to L.A. on the road trip in 94, me and Mike Anderson. Mike went to visit him. I don't think I met him. But he was friends with them. Uh, and that album is just beautiful. It was great. And then I sold Well by Swell. I don't know if you guys know Swell. It is California sort of surfy psych, but way mellow, kind of like a stone Dick Dale. <laughs> kind of maybe a little like Granddaddy, too. If you imagine Granddaddy mixed with Dick Dale, that would be almost Swell. I love them so much. I saw them open for His Name is Alive, or maybe vice versa, like on the first His Name is Alive tour, Livonia in like 93 or something. And uh, it's actually when I met Aubrey Anderson, who went on to be the CEO. CTO of the Barbarian Group with us, one of my founding partners. He was in the, the local opening band there called Different Engine, really great shoegaze band from Boston. And uh, I just love Swell. I saw him and I was like, this is fantastic. And that was on the Well tour. It's called Well dot dot ellipsis well question mark so swell well uh and i've been a lifelong swell fan ever since they were on a deaf american then american recordings and then they were on their own label called psycho specific and i have all their records uh i have most of them on vinyl now i have well on vinyl but i didn't have this one whatever so like when i got when i sold well i was like oh my god is there any swell records i don't have on vinyl and there was one so i bought that recently that arrived we'll talk about that later so but yeah they're a great band um i'm not sure if they're on spotify or not actually but uh if you're ever curious about swell, hit me up. I'll, I'll send you some swell stuff. A bunch of vinyl arrived this week. Uh, Mary Margaret O'Hara, like I just said, the silent night, blue Christmas, the Christmas EP. It's great. It's a seven inch single and, uh, two very good versions of her songs. I ripped that today, put it in Plex, which is where I keep my non Spotify music. Cause it's not in Spotify, which is kind of a bummer though. Cause I have my indie rock Christmas playlist is in Spotify. So I don't really know what I'm going to do about that with Mary Margaret O'Hara. Uh, and then I got, so I ordered that Mary Margaret O'Hara single from Europe about a month ago, back when I was on the Mary Margaret O'Hara kick and it was cheap, but 
shipping from Europe on records, A, takes forever. It just arrived today. And B, is super expensive. So I was like, well, what else does this guy have for my want list? And he had two other things on my want list. So I was like, well, I'm paying like $30 to get one record to America. And it's $31 or $2 to get three records. So I'm buying these other records from this guy. So he had the Annie Lennox Little Birds single. And the reason I'm really excited about this is uh, I did have the EP, the Little Birds EP. Uh, the B-side, though, is Love Song for a Vampire, which is the exit music to Bram Stoker's Dracula. It is my all-time favorite Annie Lennox song. It is only on the Little Birds single. The 7-inch, unlike the CD I used to have, which sold a while ago, is a double A-side. So the front cover has the Little Birds art, but if you flip it over, it has the Bram Stoker Dracula art and has a cover art for Love Song for a Vampire. I did not know this when I bought it. I just found this out today when I opened it. And... Uh, this is the song that Emma, well, it was an orchestration arranged by our friend Sean Drinkwater, but it is the song that Emma processed to in her wedding, right? Because she loves it too. Uh, and so I had sold it and I was sad. It is on Spotify and I have it on my iTunes, but I, I wanted a physical copy. And since like it, this guy that I was ordering from in France had it all, I was like, awesome. It was like two bucks because, you know, it's a seven inch single that isn't popular that came out in Europe. It's just the shipping sucked, so I had never bought it. And then also, I got uh, a 12-inch single, the Playman Saka Combo single by a band called Sea Cat Trance. I don't know if you're familiar with Sea Cat Trance. They're sort of like late 80s, early 90s tribal, not industrial tribal, but like almost like world music tribal, but like dark and, and like maybe like in the shriek back vein. Uh, they're from England and they were great. I love them a lot. Their big hit single, quote unquote hit single was called Shake of the Mind and that is in Spotify and it's great. And I have all the records and uh, I've been slowly moving it all the vinyl, but I never had the the Playman Saka combo 12 inch and it's got three new songs on it came today. I haven't listened to it yet and I'm going to rip it. I'm very, very excited about that. It's green cover. It's gorgeous. God, Sea Cat Trance is a great band. I might do them tomorrow in my influential 10 CDs thing, actually. Uh, and then I forgot about this, but like five months ago, pre pandemic, I did a pre-order for a reissue of the first Angel Olsen album and 12 inch uh, halfway home and strange cacti on colored vinyls. I have all the other angels and albums. So I was like, yeah, I'll get these cool, nice re you know, reissues. The, the original pressings are getting pretty expensive. And so I was like, okay, I forgot I ordered it. I probably ordered it in like January and it, sh it shipped. So like, that was exciting. <laughs> I was like, yay, bonus music from before the flood. Uh, and then my vinyl me please for the month shipped. It was the first uh, debut album by Stevie Nicks, a new amazing pressing of Belladonna, which I did not own. And I'm very excited because, you know, it's got edge of 17 and stop dragging my heart around on it. And, uh, they're both fantastic songs. So that was really great. And, uh, thank you vinyl me please for that. Uh, about the amateur soundtrack. I mentioned I sold this a couple weeks ago. I found a copy for a dollar on uh discogs so i was like all right well i'm replacing that and that that guy that i bought that from also had a swell album on vinyl i did not have whenever you're ready it's called i had it on cd but it had sold so i got that on vinyl as well nine dollars with shipping to get those two records great deal and that guy had <laughs> The Lost Drama Rama album. So, okay, so I mentioned last week there was a new Drama Rama Drama Rama album, and it was pretty good. And I listened to it on Spotify. And then in doing so, I went over and looked on Discogs to see like what was up with Drama Rama. And there was an album I didn't know about that came out about six years ago called Everybody Dies. And it was self-released, not on a label. And I was like, it was 99 cents for the CD. And the guy that had it had the Hell Hartley amateur soundtrack and that swell record. So I was like, all right, whatever. I'm buying this for a buck. And so it shipped. It came last week and I listened to it and it's pretty good. It's a good record. It's not on Spotify. It's not anywhere else. I had to pay the 99 cents to get it. So I feel okay about that. And now I have it. So if you want to hear a lost drama Rama album, uh, mellow, kind of like the new one, a lot of mellower stuff in it. And, you know, one or two songs as manic as, as they're hit and, you know, anything, anything, but, uh, that's exciting. So now I've listened to every drama Rama drama Rama album in my life. And then on Bandcamp day, uh, I bought a CD from my friend, Miranda Brown, she is a dear friend of mine. She, uh, let's see. I met her when she used to live in Austin, Texas. She was working at DeVille. She was dating a friend of mine. She was in an amazing band in Texas called till we're blue or destroy that. I just thought was fantastic. A local band never made it big, but they really should have. I saw them probably 20 times down there in Texas through the years. And, uh, then she moved to New York and she played with the new pornographers and with, 
Um, a few other cool indie acts. <laughs> Eric Bachman from Archers of Loaf. She was in his band. Uh, and the guy from the New Pornographer Solo stuff. Uh, and she worked. She was the pastry chef at St. Anselm. And I used to go to St. Anselm. And I would sit at the bar. And she would serve me pastries. And it was just the best. And then she worked at uh, that really good pizza place out in Greenpoint when it first opened. I can't remember the name of it now, but we all know what we're talking about. She worked there when it opened, and uh, then she moved back to Central Western Mass, where she's from. So now she's living up in Western Mass again, and I miss her, and she's great. And she had a old solo album I didn't know about called Bay State put out by a small label in new england and she was selling the cd copies on Bandcamp, so i bought it it's fantastic miranda's just the best man she's awesome so uh yeah that's the physical stuff that arrived in this house in the last two weeks sounds like a lot but other than the cd uh other than the server we're talking like 40 50 dollars for all of that it's not like i'm blowing lots of money i really am i'm keeping to a strict budget these days i promise i promise and then another music I listened to this week. We'll go through the, the list. I'm, I'm doing good. I'm keeping up on music. I'm, I'm definitely falling behind on movies and books, but music I'm doing all right on. Uh, checked out the new Caleb Landry Jones. Did not really like it. People love it. It's called The Mother Stone. Uh, and, you know, I, there's a lot to like about it, but it's a little bit circus music-y for me. There's some bands people like that I just can't get into because they sound a little too circus music-y. Like uh, Blackheart Procession is another one that I'm like, oh, a little too circus music-y. Uh, there's a new album on Dias Records, Gibby's label, called Choir Boy. That, uh, with, from the cover, I thought it was going to be super goth, like some of their bands like Drab Majesty. But it's not. It's actually a pretty good synth-poppy thing. It's called Gathering Swans, and it's pretty good. Uh, you should check it out, Choir Boy. Uh, then I listened to an old Idlewild record called The Hundred Broken Windows. I remember when it came out, and I liked them. I think I might have even saw that tour, but it never really clicked with me. But uh, Luke wrote a hell world luke o'neill wrote one of his newsletters hell world and he wrote about how much influence that album had on him and i never knew but his old band that i did like a lot and it was back when i was we were friends called the good north he was got the name of that band from this Idlewild record and i was like i should give this a listen and yeah he's right man that's a great record i had never no idea Good record. Then I listened to a new death metal album by a band called Cattle Decapitate. I can't even say it. Cattle Decapitation. <laughs> the album's called Death Atlas. I don't know. I think I read about it in Consequence of Sound or something, but I was like, oh, yeah, I got to give that a shot. That sounds great. And it's exactly what you'd expect from a band with the name of Cattle Decapitation. I enjoyed it. I added one or two songs to my starred list. <laughs> that sort of thing, you know. Uh, then I listened to the new Body Count, <laughs> Ice T's old metal band, because they have a new album called Carnivore, and uh, it's pretty good, and it covers Motorhead, which was pretty exciting. Uh, I mean, you know, it's fine. Uh, it is an example of an old band getting back together and making an album that is slightly better than their old stuff, but also just doesn't seem that great, even though it is better. You know what I mean? I don't know. I feel like that's happened before. Uh, I listened to the new EP from the Sparks called One for the Ages. I have not listened to the whole album yet, uh, but, you know, it's um, kind of like the circus music thing. I'm like, eh, this is good, but it's not the Sparks I love. It's not number one song in heaven. Uh, and then I listened to a bunch of stuff. Uh, my friend Why Mike uh, posted about his Spotify playlist, and we shared Spotify like tracks playlist, and I listened to his like tracks playlist and discovered a bunch of new bands from that this week. And the first one was called Peel Dream Magazine. It's pretty shoegazy. The album's called Agitprop Alterna, and I really liked it. And then a singer-songwriter guy named Walter Martin. The album's called The World at Night, and it was just fantastic. I don't know anything about this guy. I have not yet researched him, but I'm really into it. It was really good. And then a band called Mora Masa, R-Y-C, a little shoegazy, some poppy like rock. I really enjoyed that. A band called Slift uh, with an album called Uman that I really enjoyed. And uh, one, a band called White Reaper who are really awesome. And the album is called You Deserve Love. And I really, really liked it. And I strongly recommend it. Then I listened to a French, I think, duo. I don't know a lot about them called Le Rita Mitsuko. Uh, we were watching Chris Ewan's Twitch live stream of his DJ set last Friday, and the video came on. And Sean Drinkwater was like, that video is awesome. And we were watching the video because Chris DJs, and he's got a screen next to him that plays videos. It's sort of like how he did Heroes, right? He DJed and had like visuals. And the video is amazing. So we asked him, like, what is this? And he's like, it's the, it's the band that I'm about to play next, Le, Le Rita Mitsuko. And Sean had heard of him, and he's like, oh, yeah, that's a great track. But I had never heard heard of them and I didn't know anything about them so I listened to their best of and rarities and they were pretty good they, they kind of remind me of like a French pizzicato five you know 
Uh, I was into it. Um, let's see. Then Ghostly Records just put out a new album by Caitlin Aurelia Smith, which is sort of like a noisy ambient thing. I really enjoyed it. Good writing music. Uh, might buy it on vinyl. Uh, it's solid. I've given it two listens so far. It's called The Mosaic of Transformation. And I'm into it. And then The Vapors, who you may remember from their hit in the 80s, Turning Japanese, they had a new album <laughs> called Together, and it's good. It's poppy. The pop songs are well-written, but boy, it is definitely an album where you're like, this is a bunch of old guys playing this album. I can't really, can't put my finger on why, though. I don't know, but I enjoyed it. Uh, and then I've given the new Magnetic Fields album one listen, Quickies. It's got a lot of short songs. It's called Quickies. And I, I picked like four or five I really liked, but I haven't spent enough time with it yet to really tell you my favorites. Like, you know, you can do off of 69 Love Songs. Everybody can tell you what their favorite songs are on there. I haven't got to that point yet, but uh, there's definitely a lot to them to like. There's some I'm just like, I don't get the point of the song, but that's what happens with Quickies, right? But <laughs> some people probably think that about experimental music love on 69 Love Songs, but that's one of my favorite songs on 69 love songs uh so yeah that was good and then i listened to the new perfume genius set my heart on fire immediately which is beautiful and amazing and wow what a record and it's amazing somebody made that and i am very impressed then i listened to the new moses sumney and i think people overrated it for me uh, it's really good and it's interesting and it's complex and it's mysterious, uh, but I'm just like, I don't know. I don't really, I, I don't feel it. Like I, I, I'm very impressed with it as a work of creation, but I'm not feeling the emotional attachment to the music yet, but I've only given it two listens. So we will see. And then my friend Gareth Kay told me about this band called the Neverly Boys, an album called Dark Side of Everything that I really appreciated because like three songs were almost purely nihilistic. They're just a, they're just a rock band, maybe a little shoegazy, a little bit of feedbacky, but not especially. They're they're kind of a rock band, but man, they are nihilistic, and I was pretty into it. <laughs> it really it really fits my mood these days, you know. Uh, and then I listened to the new Deers on Gareth's suggestion too, but I don't literally don't remember what it sounded like other than like yeah, this sounds like the Deers. So that needs a new, another listen. I only listened to that once, and that was on Friday. Uh, and then I gave the new Einsturzen den Neubauten a listen, Alles und Alum. And it's a very mellow Neubauten album. I was hoping for a, a crazy, noisy one, because the last one was pretty mellow, too. But it's good. But it's more of the mellow Neubauten, which I used to really want more and more of, and now I've got a ton of. And, you know, maybe this is on me and not them. Now I want some rock and Neubauten again. But uh, I've given it two listens, and it deserves more listens. Okay, yeah, uh, TV, I don't know, I haven't watched much TV. I mean, I'm about to tell you all the TV I watch, and you'll be like, you are watching a lot of TV, but I'm not. I'm watching way less than I used to, and so, I don't know, I can't really resolve that. Uh, I watched the last of the Saturday Night Live at Homes, because I really enjoy these productions people are making in their homes, and uh, it was a really good time, and Chloe Feynman is just like a national treasure. She's amazing. <laughs> she really is fantastic, man. She's the new star. I swear to God. And then we're watching What We Do in the Shadows, season two, which I'm enjoying a lot more in season one, and it is really fun. Uh, and then I watch Emma watches them and I watch them with her. I watch a lot of just like the first 10 minutes opening monologue of Stephen Colbert, like him doing it at his house with his son, because it's just so charming. It's just him at his house with his son. And I really enjoy it. And he's got a copy of Daniel Jurgen's the quest on the, on the bookshelf behind him, which is really weird. Um, uh, so I'm enjoying those, but you know, this is kind of what I'm saying, right? Like I probably watched three of those this week, but that was a total of 30 minutes of television. You know what I mean? Uh, and then we watched this new series I found on Amazon called Upload because I was looking for 30 minute sci-fi comedies and that was one and it was 10 episodes, 30 minutes each. So you're looking at like five hours of TV total and it was great for the whole season. I really liked it. I'm really into it. There was like nobody I'd ever seen before as an actor in it and it's super fun. And it really, really made me happy for two or three days there when we watched that. We finished Lego Masters because we're just really slow. I had one episode left and we finally watched it to see who won. Lego Masters is basically the Great British Baking Show with Legos. And uh, yeah, I, you know, the people that won at first, I didn't like them at the beginning and the people I liked were out. But yeah, they're fine. Whatever. They got a baby on the way. They got they need a house. Good for them. They, fine. Fine. 
That's really, oh, and then I've been watching uh, Animal Talking with Gary Witta. Do you guys know about this? So Gary Witta is a screenwriter best known for the Book of Eli and Rogue One, a Star Wars story. But he decided he's just going to do a talk show in Animal Crossing, and he made a talk show in Animal Crossing, and it's amazing. He made a whole studio. It looks like a late night talk show. He has guests. Uh, Gareth Edwards was a guest. <laughs> it's really, really, really well done. It has a comedian. It's got a band. It's like a, it's become a huge production a lot of people involved and it's very impressive so I, I've watched like two or three of them just because I'm in awe of how it's done uh, and I strongly recommend it Animal Talking by Gary with Gary Witta other than that I'm just watching my Civ live streams I do that in the morning there was one 20 part one a part is 45 to 60 minutes and it was 20 parts and it was a game that he played as Alexander the Great and it was so amazing and it was just the most like high drama Civ game I've ever seen in my life and it made me so happy and it ended yesterday and now I'm sad so <laughs> Uh, movies, I only watched four movies in the last two weeks and we watched my friend Kestrin Pantera's movie. It's called Mother's Little Helpers. It's a sort of, uh, comedy around the, uh, a mom who's dying and, uh, the kids come back to, it's got, uh, what's her name in it that we really love that I can't remember her name. Um, um, Weintraub, Weintraub, Melania Weintraub. She was in other space. You may remember that. Uh, and uh, it's great. Kestrin did a great job. It's a great movie. It made me really happy. I strongly recommend it. It's like you can buy it or rent it on iTunes. Mother's Little Helpers by Kestrin Pantera. It's her second film. Uh, it's great. And then we watched the Galaxy Quest documentary, Never Surrender, which was just fantastic. I mean, then, of course, we had to rewatch Galaxy Quest. But I mean, really, like that movie's so great that you can watch a documentary about it and feel happy the whole time while watching the documentary. And then we rewatched Galaxy Quest and we just felt happy the whole time because it's just such a happy movie. It's the best. I strongly recommend it. And then I watched Soldier, a 1998 sci-fi movie with Kurt Russell. Why did I watch Soldier? Because I was reading the IMD page, uh, IMDb page of David Webb Peoples, the screenwriter for Blade Runner, on several other amazing films. And there was one film in there that stood out because it was a clunker. Seriously, let's look at his IMDb page here. All right, seriously. So, writer, uh, Blade Runner, Ladyhawk, Unforgiven, Hero, Twelve Monkeys, uh, and then Soldier. <laughs> So Soldier is a 1989 Kurt Russell movie. It's a sci-fi movie about a soldier. And uh, basically, in reading the trivia, it turns out that David Wed Peoples envisioned Soldier as a spinoff of Blade Runner in the same universe as Blade Runner. So I was like, okay, I got to watch this. Basically, Kurt Russell is a proto-replicant, and it's fantastic. I mean, it's not good, but it's also awesome. And it made me really happy. And I'm very glad I watched it. And I won't say I recommend it unless that description sounded great to you. But it is in my Plex if you are a Plex fan and you can check that out. Soldier by David Webb Peoples, directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. So, I mean, it's just fantastic. Oh, yeah. Anyway, that was great. Great movie. Uh, I will probably, you know, and also that really sort of validated my whole thing with uh, downloading the 13th floor and the astronaut's wife is like, I got to watch all these sci-fi movies I haven't seen before. Uh, and on that note in books, I reread Rendezvous with Rama by Arthur C. Clarke. This book, like I read when I was a kid and it stuck with me, you know, like certain things about it really stuck with me, like Rama, the shape and like it going through the universe. And I don't know if you remember this, but like last year, a Rama like highly unnatural shape flew through our solar system. And one of the most renowned astrophysicists was like, that doesn't look natural. And we all just kind of ignored it. Look it up. It's pretty creepy. And it reminded me about Rendezvous with Rama. So it's been in my head again. But the weird thing about it was like, I couldn't remember what happened. Right. I remember like the beginning of the book, like, you know, this thing comes into our solar system and we send some men out there to go look at it. And I remember them going into it and all that, but I can't remember the end. And so I reread it and I was really into the book the whole time. And then it ends and I'm like, oh yeah, this is why I can't remember how it ended because it just ends and nothing happens. <laughs> Uh, also, there was a video game, like an Apple II text-based game with very low-res graphics about Rendezvous with Rama that I played obsessively when I was like 14 years old. So I might like try and dig that out at archive.org in uh, emulation or something. But yeah, it was good to reread that book and basically made me realize, so I'm still reading Corporations of People 2 by Kent Griffill. I'm like 80% done, so I'm just going to finish that now. 
And then before reading Rendezvous with Rama, I bought this very, very acclaimed new biography of John Maynard Keynes. <laughs> but after reading Rendezvous with Rama, I'm like, no, man, I just need to read a bunch of sci-fi. So I don't know. I want to like a good sci-fi series of books like The Expanse, but aren't in made into television. I don't want to read The Expanse books yet because I want to watch the show and then I'll read the books later maybe. So, but something like that, I need to find something like that. Like the last time I asked this, people pointed me to the three body problem and I read all those and they were fantastic. I need something like that. I need like a five book CD sci-fi series. I could just plow through. And I've done most of the big ones through the years, like foundation and Asimov and you know, all that stuff, the culture books by Ian Banks, but I want a new one. So I'm, I'm on the lookout for that. If you know any of them and then work, work's going fine. Uh, I'm very blessed, right? Like, uh, revenue is not awesome. It's not like what it used to be, but we are in business and we are, there's no immediate threat to us going out of business and the sales pipeline on the Nimbus product is pretty solid. And we have some really, really good companies that are wanting to work with us and we're doing some interesting biz dev stuff. And like, there's a lot of hype around the product and we got a great team and I, I cannot complain, right? It's stressful to have a job and it's like, okay, this job's in ad tech. I do think I'm in a good corner of ad tech and I'm trying to make ad tech more moral and I'm not in a part of it that does shady data shit and I can help publishers, which is really like makes me feel okay. But like at the same time, I'm like, nothing matters in this world. So it's hard to like simultaneously hold both of those opinions and be productive in your job when you think that like, what is the point of modern society <laughs> as a but, uh, you know, all in all, I count myself very lucky and I really like the people I work with too. So it's, it's going well, it's going well. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I can't tell you really anything about my health. I'm back. I've, I'm sort of almost back on my diet. I stopped buying shitty stuff. So it's mostly out of the house now, but of course, you know, I had to eat all the cookies before I went on my diet. Uh, I have gained like 10 pounds during this quarantine. I've lost two or three of them in the last week or two since I started paying attention again, but I need to like really get back into it and I'm slowly getting back into it. The last week has been a net positive. I'm back on the wagon almost exclusively. And, uh, hopefully by the next time I talk to you guys, we'll see some real progress on that. But then, you know, there was like this whole thing right before the quarantine, my doctor was like, your cholesterol is too high. And we've been trying for years to get my cholesterol down. Even when I ate well, it was still too high. And it was really frustrating and it was often borderline, but the test in December was so high that we couldn't really pretend it was borderline. So I went back on a statin, which I hadn't been on since like my unhealthy days 10 years ago. And I've been on it all now, all through quarantine, but I don't know what it's doing to me because I can't go to the doctor and get a blood test. So I don't really know. I think in June or so, I got to check in with my doctor and be like, should we check and see what this statin is doing to me? It's making me a little nervous. So that's my life for the last few weeks. Thank you for listening. I know this is the most absurd podcast in the world and it's literally about nothing. And it constantly amazes me that people listen to it. So thank you, man. Drop a line. Let me know how you're doing. If you want need, need some good movies, weird movies, I'll hit you up with my Plex. And stay safe out there. And I hope you're doing all right. Talk to you guys in two weeks. Take care.